Good morning, Radiant Life. What a great time in the presence of Jesus, getting to worship and as he would speak and move. I pray you felt his presence this morning. And I'm just so thankful that we are here together, getting to worship Jesus in the same house, having fun. And uh, on Easter Sunday, remembering Jesus, not a dead Jesus, not a cross Jesus, but a risen Jesus that has been ascended to heaven and is at the, thro- or the right hand of the throne of heaven. So exciting this morning. I believe God, in fact, wants to speak and move in this service. This isn't just something we do and uh, once a year it's a special day, but this is, should be our life. It should be who we are. Now, I think about the story and I think about Jesus. Uh, man, up until when he came back to life, it was, let's say it was rough. I mean, there's no other way to say. If you want to think about the disciples, but before we jump into Matthew 28, I just want to share a quick story that I think uh, just will make a lot of people really feel good and excited about life. And that's that when I was younger, our family, we used to do crazy things like jump off bridges right next to signs that said, don't jump off bridge into water, you know, the sorts of things. Uh, Lots of fun. But my dad, he was a spelunker when he was younger. How many know what that is? How many know? Yes. Okay. Good number. That is what, you, when you go into a cave and you keep going into the cave, basically in the dark, when it gets smaller and smaller is how I, that's how I envision it. It is no fun if you are at all claustrophobic, right? I mean, no way, but you just go into a cave and you keep going until you decide you're going to turn around. Now, most of us, when we think of a cave, think of what you might have, like at Hocking Hills, most places, a little like indention in the rock. And you're like, that went 10 feet. I'm in a cave, you know, But there was this one year when Pastor Dave in Tennessee began to ask, are there any caves that we could go spelunking in, right? Like, is there anywhere that we can make that happen? And so uh, through conversation, yeah, this is this great place. You park just at this, like on the road, and then you walk through this field. And once you get past the field, then there's a cave. And so we, we realized later on, by telling people where we were, that this field had rattlesnakes all over it. There were snakes everywhere. Now we did not know this at the time. So we are just like walking through the field. Basically, I can just envision, I was there, but like skipping through the field, just all of this. And there's rattlesnakes. They're like, you didn't see any rattlesnakes? It's like, no, did you have you know, pants on and boots? No, we had shorts and you know, we just, uh, yeah. So we walked through this field. It was dangerous, uh, but we didn't know it. Then we get to the cave. Now, I did not realize at the time that apparently I don't like being in dark places that are encroaching on my space. Maybe slightly claustrophobic. I wouldn't think of that in a normal way, but all of a sudden we're going through this. Pastor Dave actually is on crutches, so he's pushing himself in this cave. We're now on our hands and knees crawling into this hole in the ground. It is getting darker and darker. And all of a sudden, as I could feel the, the walls encroaching all around me. I could feel and said, ooh, what if my flashlight goes out? Because there would be absolutely no light, right? No light. In fact, if you have kids that are scared of the dark, you might want to get a phone out or something. But darkness kind of like this, except there would be no light. So now if you're really into this, put your hand over your face, cover your eyes. You can't see anything. That's what it's like, right? But now imagine with me that there is rock pushing against you on all sides. You can only go forward or backward. You're laying, you're crawling like army style through this. It's getting tighter and tighter. And I realized in this dark moment 
I do not want to spelunk ever again. I do not ever want to be in a cave with just a flashlight that if it dies, I am no longer able to see. I never want to get in that position where there's darkness all around me and where if it went out, I would be in big trouble trying to get back through the cave. So you can bring the lights back up. But right, who, who would love to be in that spot that you want to go into a dark cave where there's bats and spiders and snakes and who are, okay, there's like three of you. Pastor Dave, he's in this, he likes it. I decided I had no desire, no desire to go into a dark hole in the ground with one flashlight hoping, Jesus, don't let this thing go out because if so, I am going to panic. There's no other way I might have been panicking without the flashlight going out, but if it went out, it would have been no good. And when you think about Jesus, and you think about Thursday, Friday, Saturday, leading into Sunday of of Passion Week, it was a horrible time for Jesus, for the disciples, for his mom. All, All the way around, it did not seem very good. In fact, if you run through it, Thursday, Friday, Judas took money, and that longtime companion of Jesus betrayed him with a kiss. They held a mock trial for our Savior. Witnesses were called that lied about him. Jesus heard the terrible sound of cat of nine tails, a whip coming through the air, and then slashing his back over and over again. A crown of thorns was put upon his head, and blood mixed with sweat and rolled down his cheeks and down his body. He was spit on repeatedly, and you can just imagine these people would not have done it if only they knew and understood who he was. It was a dark day when Jesus was led down that road, carrying his cross while crowds yelled and cursed at him. It was a dark day when they laid our Savior on the cross and drove those spikes into his hands and feet. Remember those two thieves that cursed him. Remember the religious leaders who made fun of him and told Jesus to take himself off the cross, even though he was on that cross for them. Remember when God turned his back on Jesus for the first time in all of of eternity. Jesus was cut off from fellowship with his father. The darkness felt as he has asked why God had forsaken him. He could feel it. Jesus told his mother goodbye. You imagine Mary in her pain, in her darkness. Was there ever any darker day than that day when they placed Jesus in a tomb, when they rolled a stone in front of it, sealed it, and placed a Roman soldier there to guard it? It seemed that all of the disciples had divided their lives and given their lives to was lost. They had left their families. They left their homes. They had left their careers. They had abandoned their possessions. They had placed all of their hope in Jesus. And now he was rolled And that rock was in front of him. He was stuck behind a seal. He was guarded in a garden as though it was a prison. Can you imagine the darkness that was felt by all who were involved? When I think about this darkness, I think about us. 
So often is it, it is so easy to be in a place where we feel darkness, where we feel pain, where we feel uh, whatever could be going on, the situation, the sin of us or of others, maybe the death of a loved one. So many things can put us in a place where we feel like we just don't know what to do. We feel like we are in a cave and we had one flashlight, but it's beginning to flicker. Or maybe it even feels like there's no flicker left in the flashlight and we're alone and we don't know what to do. But when we look at the word of God, we look at Jesus. There's something powerful about knowing that the most powerful person, our God, our Savior who left heaven, came to earth, died, gave it all for us, that he walked through darker days than I can even fathom. When God turned his back on him, he walked through anything and everything, and he remained faithful. In Matthew 28, one through three, it says, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And I want you to know that whatever your dark day looks like, whatever your situation is, whatever the moment of your life is, because he lives, dark days will not last. Because he lives, you are going to make it. Because he lives and because he made it. Because he came out of that grave. He came out of that tomb. Church, I want you to know that your dark days, the darkest moments of your life, they will not last. He has already defeated death, hell, and the grave. No, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> no matter what your setback, no matter what your situation was, you can know he is alive and you will make it. You will make it into his family if you only say yes to him. We think of the word of God we think of, of what he did on that cross. The earth shook at Christ's passion to show it could not bear his suffering and at his resurrection to show the dark days will not last. The ground has already shook. Your answer is already here. He loves you. He cares for you. And whatever you're walking through today, you can make it by saying yes to God. You can make it by walking in him. You can make it by being and doing what he calls you to do. Because he lives, dark days will not last. Because he lives, God's power will overcome. Verse 4 through 6 goes on to say, and for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. As he said, come see the place where he lay. Because he lives, God's power will overcome. What Jesus did in coming back to life, what Jesus did in defeating death, hell, and the grave gives us hope and peace and life to know that no matter what the situation is in your life, no matter what is going on in your life, he's got you, he loves you, and he will hold you. Listen, on that Friday, the Romans did everything they knew to do to make sure Jesus was dead. They beat him. They crucified him. They drove a spear into his side. They put him in a tomb and rolled a rock in front of that tomb. They put a seal on the rock and then placed a guard on the tomb to make sure nobody messed with him. 
I assure you today, the Pharisees and the religious leaders were looking over the soldiers' shoulders to make sure they didn't miss a thing. And looking over all of their shoulders, the devil was at work. He sent a spirit of fear against the disciples to make sure they abandoned Jesus. He strengthened the hand that held the whip and guided the hand that drove the spear. The Romans, the religious leaders, and the devil did everything they knew to do to make sure Jesus was dead and to make sure he would stay that way. But church verse six says, go look at where he was. He is no longer there. He is risen and his power, just like for Jesus coming back from the grave, his power is here at work in your life. Because he lives, God's power will overcome. Because he lives, no matter what is going on, you can trust our creator. You can trust our maker. You can put your life in his hands and know that he will take care of you. Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapon formed against you will will succeed, and you will refute any accusation raised against you in courts. This is the heritage of the Lord's servants. And their righteousness is from me. This is the Lord's declaration. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Nothing can come against you. Nothing that can beat you. Nothing that can hold you down. Because Jesus, he lives. He's got you. He knows you. He will hold you. He will walk with you through the good, through the bad, through things that are easy, and through when things are very difficult. John 16, says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Be, be courageous because I have conquered the world. Our God has got you. Our God loves you. Our God lifts you up. And you can put your trust in the power of our God because he lives. Dark days will not last. Because he lives, God's power will overcome Because he lives, hard times are never wasted. Verses 7 and 8 go on to say, Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Hard times, they're not wasted. Jesus the savior of the the earth, the creator of the earth. When we sinned, when we messed up, what we still do to this day, he realized that there was a need. God the Father sent him to be the ultimate sacrifice. He sent him to die on a cross for you. Not as sinful people like we are, but to die on a cross as the sinless sacrifice. And when he went to that grave. When he went and he was dead, he went and he defeated death, hell, and the grave by being raised back to life. And Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice, his hard times, his struggles, the the issues that he had with us beating him and cursing him and lying about him, even God himself having to turn his back on him, the hard times. They led to good. They led to positive because he lives, because he came back to life. Isaiah 53, 5 and 6 says, but he was pierced because of our transgressions, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him and we are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We all have turned to our own way and the Lord has punished Jesus, him, for the iniquity of us all. His dark times, 
his problems, what we did to him, it was all worth it because he came and he fulfilled his sacrifice, what he was called to do so that we could have life. And I believe that God today wants to speak to someone here today, that you don't understand why you went something. And first, it's important to realize God did not make you. He didn't force something upon you. The sin of our world, we do that pretty well ourselves. Have you ever done something and you say, what in the world is wrong with me? Right? Sin is so easy. And in other people's lives, the free will that we have, God, he doesn't make them ha things happen, but he does walk with us through our problems, through our situations. And today I want you to know that the God of the universe, he loves you, he cares for you, and he is walking with you through the trials of your life. And in fact, he does something that I think is so amazing. He redeems the issues and the problems. He redeems what has been done to you, the decisions you've made, what you've done to others when we say yes to him. Maybe the worst moments of your life, God just might use you to help or to encourage or to bring wholeness or to bring life to somebody else. He will use whatever has happened for his glory to see somebody else come to know him as he walks with you. Romans 8, 28 says, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. And that means when we say yes to him, when we follow him, when we go after him today, there's not anything that's going to be wasted. Nothing's going to be wasted about what has been in your life. Nothing is going to be wasted because today the king of kings is here and he loves you. And he will even use the worst parts of our life to bring glory to God, to bring somebody into the family, to, to let someone experience Jesus. You heard there, there's a condition of, of benefiting of those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. And today when I look at dark days and I look at his power and I look at what I don't want to have wasted from those the key is, are we following Jesus? Are we, and have we said yes to our Savior and to our Creator? Because if I am just doing my own thing, walking in my own way, going whatever and doing whatever I want, then all of it, I'm not going to have power. I'm not going to have uh, the good things come out of even the worst situations. And I don't know what darkness will or will not be. But when we say yes to God, we can know He has us even in the most difficult things, the things that I wouldn't want to have happen, God can use to bring glory, to bring honor, to bring power to his name, to show somebody who he is. The pain that has come your way comes with a promise. It will be used for your good, for the good of the world around you. When we say yes to God, we know because he lives, dark days will not last. Because he lives, God's power will overcome. Because he lives, hard times are never wasted. And lastly this morning, because he lives, better days are coming. Verse 9 and 10 go on, and behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they come, came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. God has better days ahead. When Jesus showed up to his disciples that thought it was all over, thought it was all done. When he showed up to his mom, to his family, to the people that believed and trusted in him, all of a sudden a light bulb had to have gone on in their, off in their mind. 
Jesus, you said you were going to die. The Old Testament spoke about this. All of the things became to be put into order. And I believe that if we trust God, we can know that the things that maybe they were not from God and they weren't good, but he's going to move us to where he has us to be. He has better days ahead for us and we can trust him and we can know it because he lives. John 14, one through three says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may also be. And this morning, church, I want us to know and to believe and hold tight to the fact that wherever you are, whatever your situation looks like, when we say yes to God, when we say yes to who he is in our lives, better days are coming. The future looks bright with Jesus. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. When I was in college, my third year uh, and I graduated in three years, so that was my last year. I was the RA in my dorm, which meant I had an orientation group that when new students came, the freshmen came, and uh, I had about seven or eight different students that I was to show around campus to help them get acclimated and uh, just to be a part. And so when I got there, it was in a room like this at Central Bible College, the chapel, and in the back of the room, it was a glass wall basically all the way around. My group happened to have my wife, Rachel. She was in my group. And I, uh, she caught my eye. Let's just say that. She caught my eye. When she left, her mom, who was standing out in the foyer, I obviously did not know this, is like, that guy, whoever he was that's talking, he only talked to you the whole time. It was like nobody else was in that circle. And that would be accurate. I, I remember that, actually. Because I believed in a moment that Rachel just might be the girl I was going to marry. I believed it. I knew it. Like, this is, this is her. This is her. At the time, she had crazy crimped hair. I, she's way cooler than she, right now, than she was then. Just, I mean, she would tell you all. Uh, but I knew this girl is the one I'm going to marry. And you know, when we think about God, um, I think sometimes we have to realize that to understand and to get and to receive the blessing of our because he lives God, our God that is in heaven, our God that is interceding at the right hand of the Father, the one that says is interceding for the transgressors, that's us, the sinners of the world, the one that is there. There's a moment when we have to realize I am in, I will follow him, I will give my life to him. And I'm not talking about a 30-second prayer. I'm talking about a life of service to the creator of the universe. With my wife, I met her. I got her name. And I had a few things I had to do be before I could date her. Um, I had to break up with my girlfriend. That was one. Uh, there were some others. They don't seem quite as significant. But I had to break up with my girlfriend. But you know what I decided before I broke up with my girlfriend? This is the girl I want to marry. And today, I believe there's people in the room that for a long time have tried to be worthy, tried to get to a place where you're like, okay, now God would accept me, or now I can say yes to him, or now maybe I'll give it a whirl. But I want you to know today that God is not looking for someone that's already got it all figured out. 
He's looking for people who will simply say, God, I love you. Take my sin. I repent of my past. I give you my life. And then he will help you know what to do. He might help you break up with your girlfriend. He might help you take a left instead of a right. He'll help you learn and study and get into the Bible that then changes how we live and how we act and how we move. And even when I think of that, we think of sin and we think of, oh, you know, Christian or stuffy. And I want you to know that the exact opposite is the truth. When I get the truth of the gospel and I say, Lord, I don't want to sin against you, which means I'm not going to sin or hurt others or hurt myself. That's what sin is. Then all of a sudden I can live and have life and have fullness. But he's not asking me to do all that stuff first. He's asking me this morning, Lord, or Chris, Jamie, Sarah, whoever you are here today, will you give me your life? Will you give me all of you? Will you make me Lord? And if you do, then I will help you walk and navigate the situations of life. I will help you walk and get through and maybe come out of things that maybe aren't actually healthy for you right now. I will help you overcome. I will help you find a new place. I will help you see darkness be removed. I will help give power to your life. I will help you not even waste what was, but give it to me so that more people can come to know me. And I will help you find better days. Today, it's not about all of that. It's just about Jesus. Forgive me. Jesus, I make you Lord. There could be people here that have come to church and been apart for years and years, or maybe someone, this is your first time that you've ever walked into the doors of a church. And Jesus wants the same thing from every single one of us. He wants us to say yes to him. He wants us to just lift our hands to him, to welcome him. He wants us to offer our lives to him. Better days are coming. Life is worth the living just because he lives. All over this room, if we could bow our heads this morning, close your eyes, and I just want to give an opportunity. If you're at home, if you're in this room and you've never given your life to Jesus, or you know right now you are not walking with him. He is not Lord of your life. You have not given over control, or you're living in a way that goes against that. Right now, I want to give you the opportunity to, say, opportunity to say yes to Jesus, the opportunity to give him control, the opportunity for better days to realize and to say, you live. Just like I did with my wife, Rachel, to say, I don't know what it all means. I don't know what I'm going to have to do. I might even know what a sacrifice is going to be down the road. But Lord, I understand that I want you. I need you. And today, I don't want to do it alone anymore. If that's you, and you'd say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand, starting on your left, my right side. If you're over in this section, you say, I want to give my life to Jesus. And you've never done it, or you want to come back to him. Would you just raise your hand high in the air so that I can see? Yes. Yes, thank you. Anybody else? You'd say, that's me. Yep. I see your hand. Anybody else? Awesome. The next section, section over. The middle left section. Yes. See that hand. Anybody else here today? awesome. The camera, if you're at home, I encourage you to raise your hand right where you are. We're going to pray, and you can give your life to Jesus. The next section, your middle right section, anybody in this section, you say, I want to give my life to Jesus. Today, I say yes to the risen Savior. Thank you. The far right section over here. Right now, all over this room, at home, wherever you are, whenever you're listening, would you repeat this prayer, all of us together? Dear Jesus, I love you. I give you my life. I offer you 
all of me. I repent of my sin, of my past, of what I've done to hurt others or myself. I make you Lord of my life, all of my life. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the dead. Thank you for ascending to heaven and interceding for this moment. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Church, if you just prayed that for the first time, you raised your hand, you raised your heart today, you are a part of his family. And I wanna, I would love to get to know you. In fact, I would invite you to uh, the Welcome Center in the glass area right after church. We're gonna have a little party. But before we do that, we're gonna have one more celebration. We're gonna worship Jesus today. We're gonna say, come on. And I believe that God wants to heal and restore and make new. He brings salvation, but He brings deliverance. He brings wholeness. He brings healing. And today, if you say there's something in my life, there's a trouble or a concern, I ask you today, Maybe you wanna to come to an altar. Maybe you just wanna stand and raise your hands before him. Whatever your posture would be, right where you are, would you ask God to speak and to move and to restore and to make new? I believe he wants to work in a miraculous way in your life today. So right now, all over this room at home, would you stand to your feet? Could we celebrate our savior and give him one more opportunity this morning to speak and to move, to heal and to make whole?